Hello, this is Master Jotty. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. This is episode 112, Exponential Intelligence and Islam. So we'll be talking about Muhammad, uh, his story, the religion he brought in, uh, and then we'll do a meta-healing, like we always do. Uh, and this time on the meta-healing is we'll bring frequencies of Muhammad, just like we did uh, on the uh, on the Buddha uh, podcast, brought frequencies of Buddha in, what his message was, what his true message is. Uh, we'll do a frequency on, on bringing in uh, Muhammad's frequency, bringing his message in, uh, and then we'll do a, a, a podcast on Jesus, bringing his frequencies in afterwards on the meta-healing. Uh, so you can kind of tell uh, the differences on frequencies. Uh, although it's very similar, you know, different flavors uh, of pretty much the same thing. Uh, we'll get in all. We'll get into that. And the reason why we're doing these podcasts on these great leaders is that, uh, well, it's almost been, say, my mission to find the truth uh, in things, whatever it might be. Right? Uh, the truth in, you know, art sale. The truth in. Um, uh, again, the the underlying truth or the real reason why things happen. So in religion, uh, really cleaning up, say, these individuals' names uh, and bringing a higher order or a truer version of what they really taught uh, or brought about. Okay. Uh, as a note, uh, I'm not here to uh, distort, um, not distort, uh, defame, okay, uh, abuse, criticize, uh, any religion, uh, but think of me uh, as a consultant. Okay? They, if the church came in, goes, Moss, you know, uh, we're losing uh, members. Uh, what's wrong uh, with our organization? Okay? What can we do better? Okay? So where are the key downfalls? in the way we work just like a company right they're losing sales they're uh, or they could be better even if they are increasing right where were the, where could they define themselves where could they clarify themselves where could they help say the customer because you are the believers are customers right? uh, of that religion or faith right so i come in and just give you say the weaknesses again i'm not against any religion any faith uh, however i show you the weaknesses so that that practice or whoever teaches that religion uh, can well have a better explanation a truer explanation or maybe redefining so it's closer to the actual words of uh, the creators of those religions as a note, uh, many of the people like Buddha and Muhammad, um, uh, uh, well, unlike Muhammad, uh, Buddha and Jesus <clears throat> uh, were not the creators of their religion. Right? Uh, their works, their teachings were collected and then somebody else turned them into a religion. Uh, Muhammad, on the other hand, uh, he actually brought about uh, and, and wrote the text uh, which is now called the Quran, uh, <clears throat> and the people of Islam, they will get into the definitions, uh, uh, called Muslims. Uh, Muhammad, okay, 
sometimes also called uh, Muhammad uh, Abdullah, was the founder of the religion of Islam uh, and is considered by Muslims to be a messenger uh, and prophet of God. The Muslims uh, believe he was the last uh, of the Islamic prophets and uh, the Islamic prophets, wouldn't you know, uh, included uh, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. Pretty crazy, huh? Uh, and, you know, it's it's so crazy that, you know, there's a lot of fighting. They've been fighting for, I don't know, hundreds of years over this. But but, but let me read that, those, uh, those, uh, those prophets again. And again, there's many more that, uh, uh, that, uh, use well all three religions, the major religions uh, that dominate the world, the Jews, uh, Christianity, and Islam. They all have very, 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 or not very similar, uh, they all have really most of the same prophets. So why are they so different? They're really not. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so let me just rename them or name them again. Noah. Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Abraham, uh, pretty much the founder of the Jewish religion. So, uh, so their definitions or you know the teachings of those three religions can't all be that say drastically different for so many wars about religion to go on and kill what millions and millions of people, right? Uh, so there must be something going on there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, Islam, simple definition uh, of Islam. So we get the record straight uh, on what we're talking about because many of us have a definition of Islam or Muslims through <clears throat> news stories or hearsay uh, or what you hear in church uh, or other religions, right? Not the purest. So uh, Islam. Uh, a religion founded by Muhammad, whose members worshipped the one God of Jews and Christians. God in Islam is called Allah in Arabic, and follow the teachings of the Quran. Uh, Islam means submission to the will of God, or the one truth, or seeking the one truth. Uh, uh, so, adherents of Islam are called Muslims. So again, let's just go through through the definition just so we understand. Um, God is called Allah in Arabic. Again, the same God of the Jews and the Christians. Uh, again, that one God, uh, pure source, just to kind of compare the two. Uh, and maybe we can compare the two in another podcast or an extension of this podcast, but just for this uh, definition, uh, there's only one pure source, right? So very similar. Uh, and it means, uh, again, Islam means submission to the will of God. Okay? Uh, the Islamic religion is really about, um, well, the believers believe in one God. Uh, all of its teachings and beliefs are written in the Quran. Uh, people who follow Islam are called Muslims. They believe that the Quran was spoken to Muhammad. By the angel Gabriel, in an angel of uh, Christianity as well, and I believe the Jews, uh, and that it is the word of Allah or the word of God. So again, how can they be so different? Uh, the true 
teachings of all the major religions not so different at all. Okay? So Islam basically is that um, <clears throat> is a religion that believes in one God. All of its teachings and beliefs are written out uh, in the Quran. So, uh, talking about that, so uh, Muhammad would uh, be directed or be guided uh, to go into a cave, and that was his first uh, uh, experience with being enlightened. He was in the cave, he was so-called meditating, uh, uh, and uh, the angel Gabriel talked to him. Okay? So how does that happen with a non-religious individual? Right? Well, just like it happens to anybody else. Right? We want that true, true, true desire to connect to that one source, whether we know that source or not, uh, that creates all or is that the definition of life, right? Simply, I had that deep longing, even as a child, right? a very young child. I was always wondering, wow, what's that source that created all this beauty, this, this uh, all this stuff that's around here? You know, what's that one source that created, you know, intricate flowers, Right? The trees, uh, the system, the ecosystem. Again, as a young child, you know, when you have that deep, deep fervor to understand, uh, like in my case, right? uh, and you want that understanding, well, mountains can be moved aside for you to find that definition. For me, it took about two near-death experiences. Right? I had to go through two near deaths to understand uh, what it's all about. Uh, Muhammad had that uh, same, say, deeper, deep desire. Okay? And it's not just a willingness, but it's a, it's a burning. Uh, I remember for me, uh, and I'm sure similar to Jesus and Buddha uh, and many others of us, right, that want that true definition. Again, it's not. It's about me and you know these these great. Uh, uh, these great uh, leaders, uh, it's uh, all of us uh, who have such a burning desire that it consumes us, you know, 24-7. Uh, <clears throat> it consumes us so much uh, that the trueness, we start to awaken uh, our higher self or our spirit self starts to come in and, well, this, the, the answers uh, to those questions start coming in. So for Muhammad, went into a cave, started speaking uh, to, uh, well, Gabriel started coming in, okay, uh, and he said, speak, uh, and Muhammad said, I don't know how to, right, uh, and well, um, and then Gabriel say, recite, and, and again, I'm not, uh, I'm just picking up on, through EI, basically what went on, I'm sure it's very similar to, or very accurate uh, to <clears throat> the real story, uh, and then uh, Muhammad started reciting the Quran. Uh, and in back in those days, and this is a miracle as well, guys. Um, back in the day, uh, Muhammad was illiterate, so as he came down off the mountain, uh, he had people who would write the messages that he perceived. Uh, that he received from the angel Gabriel, okay? um, and and back then, you know, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, uh, but there was no there was no paper, so they'd write it on, you know, skins or whatever else that they had, 
so that he would recite uh, all uh, all the text in the Quran, which is quite a hefty uh, book, by the way. Uh, and they've analyzed the Quran, and this is what the miracle uh, of the Quran is: that uh, its tempo, uh, its rhythm, the way it's written. Uh, it would take eons, even by a computer, uh, to bring in that say say that much beauty uh, in the verses. So uh, quite amazing for an illiterate man, uh, and that was say one of the um, mysteries uh, of the Quran, or the mysteries of how this illiterate man okay, uh, could come up with such beautiful verse. So uh, that's the story. Uh, and by the way, not so maybe not uh, being able to uh, to write. Okay. Uh, again, that doesn't mean he was dumb. Back in the days, uh, they just didn't know how to write some of them, some of the people. Uh, but very wise individual. Uh, he was a businessman, so he created trade. Uh, he brought in trade. Um, <clears throat> and then over time, you know, he, uh, he started preaching uh, or teaching the words of uh, Allah brought about through the angel Gabriel. Uh, so that's kind of the rundown of uh, what's going on. Uh, as a note, uh, Muhammad did not have any special talents uh, as a prophet uh, uh, like Jesus. Uh, right? Jesus could heal. Uh, Moses you know, could separate the sea. You know, um, uh, you know, turn the his cane into a snake. Uh, and many other the prophets and again there's thousands I believe um, right? uh, Muhammad had no special gifts uh, what I believe or again uh, gaining knowledge from EI uh, he wasn't here to really uh, I see Muhammad as a prophet that says, okay, there's a lot of good knowledge out there already. I don't have to bring in, say, a new vein of knowledge. Right? Just like all the others, although very similar, uh, you know, between Jesus and Buddha and everybody, all the other great prophets, uh, I don't have to bring in uh, another vein. Right? Um, I'm here actually to, to compile all the information of all these other all these prophets before me, all these great leaders, and again, people like, uh, not just the major ones, you know, like Abraham and Noah and um, uh, whoever else, you know, Mother Mary and whoever. Uh, by the way, Islam believes in all of that. Um, but, you know, people like, you know, Cyrus the Great and, uh, and so on. You know, I'm here to compile all that knowledge and information uh, and give it just clarity. Right? So almost like a step-by-step. Step. Uh, so it's more definitive on the do's and don'ts of everyday life. Right? Um, <clears throat> so, so if you think of it, it's just another version. Okay? Uh, so at first, there's the book of the, the Jews. Uh, and then second uh, edition came. The book of the Christians, uh, again, kind of um, compiled by whoever, uh, by priests uh, from the stories uh, and lives of Jesus. Uh, and then the third edition, uh, the Islam uh, book, the Quran, uh, again brought about through, uh, through Muhammad.
So let's get into the nitty-gritty, some of the other stuff. Uh, some of the some of the things that uh, you know people criticize Islam is that well, uh, Muhammad was a crazy man, you know, because he uh, I read a story there that uh, when he was in the cave, uh, you know, he would he would get violent, violently ill, right? uh, almost have uh, like seizure type attacks and so on, and almost like throw uh, throw up. Or, or foam at the mouth, right? Uh, and be, people go, well, he was crazy, so the religion uh, is brought about by a crazy man. Um, not true at all. There's, a, In fact, there's a lot of people who I work on, right? Uh, they have seizures if they have, say, issues with their nervous system, right? As the pure source comes through, right? As your clarity comes through, uh, many of you go through a level of detox, uh, Muhammad, being a normal individual, would have to go through a level of detox, especially if the angel Gabriel, say, came into, say, his, um, Muhammad was in the presence of the angel Gabriel, right? That's, uh, <clears throat> again, a true angel of God, and maybe we could do a podcast on angels and um, spiritual guides and so on like that. Uh, but again, if you are coming of that presence, if you are in front of that presence, okay, uh, and this is how EI works, okay, this is how my healing works, this is how I help you uh, help others heal, you know, through healing mastery, uh, you come into that presence, uh, that presence is so bright, right, so brilliant, uh, what happens to you uh, if you are in that presence? Any darkness that you have, well, it has to burn away. Any illnesses that you have have to burn away. So what happens as the process comes through or as you say, let go, uh, just tapping into Muhammad, uh, I actually believe he had, say, uh, kidney, no, no, uh, liver type issues. So <clears throat> time after time, as, Ga as Gabriel, as he would visit Gabriel, well, uh, all the distortions of life, uh, again, or what I call detox nowadays, uh, would come through uh, for him, and, well, he got healthier. Uh, so uh, I, ha I believe that he had, uh, again, some, uh, some kind of a bacteria or something that affected his, um, uh, his liver, uh, and it was affecting his nervous system. So, in short, uh, again, clearing that up for him uh, and, and, and not uh, a crazy person, but part of the detox of getting healthier, just like a lot of people here uh, uh, do. Right? They go through some severe detox if you are severely ill. Uh, just to give you uh, an example, the most severe detox we had, <clears throat> uh, this woman was very, very ill uh, through some of the through some of the um, uh, group healings or private healings uh, that uh, that we did together. Um, uh, she came to a point where she got um, uh, she ended up in the hospital uh, for about a month. She had to relearn how to walk. Right? It was that severe, um, <clears throat> and gain access to you know talking, uh, relearning a lot of things. However, after that, she was completely healthy, right? Before she was bedridden for I don't know how long. You know, uh, it was a store. Uh, it was a while back. Uh, but again, very, very powerful transformations. 
those things happen to to a lot of individuals who are again deathly ill, uh, you know, uh, terminally ill. Right? Uh, you have to go through that process for some of those people to clean up and then get healthy. Same way with Muhammad. Uh, so let's uh, again get to the nitty-gritty uh, other stuff about Muhammad. <clears throat> sure, a lot of people uh, have read about this. Uh, he had uh, 11 wives. So why did Muhammad marry a six-year-old, uh, which was his youngest wife, uh, Aisha, uh, I believe, uh, from the question, uh, his twin flame, not necessarily so. Uh, why did he have so many wives, about 11, uh, while a maximum of four wives is allowed for a Muslim? Okay. So back in the day, uh, about the number of wives that he had uh, back in the, the day, well, either because of the war that was going on, a lot of the men got killed. So, instead of selling yourself for prostitution, uh, because Islam was not around yet, uh, because of uh, selling yourself uh, into prostitution, you know, to gain shelter and food, uh, what Muhammad would do, uh, because that was the law of the land, because you couldn't have any foreign women. So that means your sisters or your mother or on other than those, say, relatives, you couldn't have any other women in your house. So to go through, say, legalities, he married these women. doesn't mean that he had sex with them. And then you hear stories that, you know, he, well, he had sex with uh, all 11 women every night, right? Uh, again, that's an amazing feat in itself for a man uh, to have sex with 11 women every night. Um, uh, I don't know how you'd bring up about a religion, uh, much less run your business or anything else, if you had that much sex every night so again stories like that you know fill the internet just to debunk uh, a lot of the beliefs in islam just like there's a lot of distortions in 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 the christian uh religion as well to debunk christianity or uh you know uh, any other religion or any other faith or any other um uh say spiritual practice Right? You can find a lot of dirt. Anybody can make up a lot of dirt. Um, <clears throat> and just tapping into EI, uh, his earliest wife, or his youngest wife at six, uh, no, uh, that is just, uh, uh, that doesn't hold any water. Uh, it doesn't seem true at all. Uh, he did not consummate uh, with a six-year-old or anything uh, like that, or they say that consummated at nine or 12. Okay? Uh, by the way, which would have been, say, a standard age. Uh, I think they got married around 12 or 14 back then. So, um, not too old, but again, he um, he only had that one love, right? his wife, uh, his real wife. Uh, I believe that had died. So, so debunking that story. Um We'll go deeper. Why is it that women were made to cover themselves instead of men? Okay. Uh, so, uh, and then <clears throat> a similar question. Uh, what is the true reason for having women covering themselves and specifically uh, having to wear a burqa or headscarf? Uh, why should women be forced into covering themselves completely Especially when it is when it is endangering 
their physical well-being uh, when the temperatures are so high and they are wearing black. Uh, they are in danger of heat stroke uh, or even death. Uh, again, so the question assumes a lot of things that are imposed on Islam. One, uh, uh, just straight off the top, uh, whether you're wearing uh, you know, a burqa or not, uh, wearing black in the extreme heat is not a good idea. You can wear any color of burqa uh, that you want. So, um, so again, that's their preference. Right? Uh, they can wear white. They can wear uh, any other color as well. Uh, so, wearing black, uh, yes, not the best idea. And then covering up. Okay, uh, in reality, right? or in scientific. Uh, say explanations if you look at uh, the people of the desert right they were heavy uh, but many layered clothing all in white by the way uh, and that actually keeps them drier uh, not drier cooler and well hydrated especially if you're in the desert if you're out there with just a tank top or or very say western type clothing uh, you dehydrate in in hours Right? So what they do, again, the best practice to be in the sun, especially extreme heat, you'd want to cover yourself up. Okay? Stay away from the shade, uh, wear light clothing, right? and keep, uh, again, uh, your uh, the evaporation that you, from your sweat back into your clothes. As the wind comes through, uh, it cools you off. So it's actually an air conditioning system if done right. Okay? But that's beside the point. So, uh, not so dangerous after all. But again, like I said, uh, that's this, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, why is it that women were made to cover themselves instead of men? Okay. So the re reason for the burqa or um, uh, the headscarf uh, that they wear is that <clears throat> back in the day, okay, uh, women... Just like in the Western culture or any other culture, uh, women were considered, um, you know, favorable depending on their beauty uh, or their looks. Right. So the real reason uh, why the burqa was was brought about was to bring equality to women. Okay. Uh, if you didn't know uh, what a woman looked like. Uh, you would have, say, a non-judgment, right? Uh, there would be no preference or disgust either way. Right? Uh, you wouldn't favor one woman or over another. Right? Uh, and again, that's not the Islamic. Uh, that's just the way, say, people are. And it's not just be between men and women. It's between women and women. Uh, look at the Western culture. Right? There's tons of psychological studies. Uh, people who look better, who are prettier or more handsome, they get favored over people who don't. Right? It's not about the religion at all. Uh, it's just a psychological trait that humans have. Right? Until we get rid of that trait, uh, then we're safe to say, yes, we are all equal. Uh, we should be treated not the way we look. Right? but our intellect. So, uh, again, the real reason uh, why men, uh, why women uh, uh, wear the burqas is to bring them e uh, equality. Right? Uh, allow them to have them uh, 
allow them to to interact with people uh, by their through their intellect. Uh, again, not what they look like. The real reason why the burqa is here, unfortunately, just like many other religions, those customs, those traditions, the real reason gets distorted, right, by abusive men, women, culture, whatever, uh, and then now women are forced uh, to wear something like this. It doesn't benefit either side. Right? Uh, and I and I might have said this in another podcast, you know, uh, where you know, an ankle is showing or a wrist is showing uh, of a woman and that's tempting for a man, okay? Uh, and then the women, uh, the woman uh, showing their their uh, ankle or, you know, wrist and so on, uh, they get beaten or they get abused, right? Um, uh, you know, I just have to say that, you know, if men, if you are getting tempted, if you think that woman uh, is a prostitute just because they show their ankle, um, and if you, uh, the most importantly, if you get tempted by that, okay, uh, you should be beaten up, uh, not the woman. Right? If you're going to be tempted by just a mere ankle or, you know, a wrist, uh, what the hell is going to happen to you when you cross over, when you die? Okay? and get tempted by much more extremes. If you're going to get be tempted by simple flesh, um, uh, you've got a tough road uh, on the other side. You'll be tempted by much, much, much more. Okay? So again, uh, for those people uh, who beat their women up, their daughters, their wives, and so on like that, start beating yourself up uh, if you do get tempted. Okay? Uh, and again, that's more truer more concise to the Islamic practice, what Muhammad had, uh, uh, had in mind for women. Uh, if you really read the Quran, uh, there's a lot of dignity, there's a lot of respect for the women uh, in the religion. Uh, and again, most of us hear the disrespect, right? Uh, through news stories, through other stories, through uneducated individuals who've never read the Quran or who have read uh, or who hear the Quran, uh, the explanations uh, uh, of the Quran through what they call a mullah or a priest. Okay? Very distorted. Right? Uh, again, just like the church, uh, they want to control you. The mullah is here, same thing. They want to control the people. So... Uh, the best way to control, say, you know, you have to do this to women, you have to keep them under control, uh, and so on and so on. Okay? Uh, as a note, Islam is very high on education. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> inventions that came uh, from the religion of Islam, just like it did in the Christian, the Jewish, and uh, the Buddha-type uh, religions as well. Okay? Um, so, uh, not just for men by the way, uh, for women as well. Ah, let's go ahead and take a nice uh, uh, um, deep breath in. And this is where, um, well, here's another tidbit as well. Uh, you know, in, in the Muslim culture, dogs are considered dirty. Okay? Very untrue. In fact, Muhammad had a dog. Uh, as a pet, right? So why would it be considered dirty? Right? Back in the day, uh, they would have these scavenger dogs 
uh, and they weren't necessarily dogs. These dogs had germs. So what Muhammad said was to kill these dirty dogs, so not to spread the germs around. Uh, and again, the message got distorted. And then what do you have nowadays? Right? Uh, in a lot of, say, Islamic homes, uh, they consider the dog dirty. But that's the true story of dogs being dirty. Right? Uh, again, he was talking about those rabid dogs that were uh, well, infesting the town uh, or overtaking some of the towns. Uh, <clears throat> what is the reasoning and true uh, or pure value of people praying five times per day? Uh, what is the pure meaning of people cleansing themselves before each prayer? Okay. Uh, well, uh, you've always heard that expression, cleanliness, closest thing to uh, holiness. Yes, uh, back in the day, uh, many individuals, uh, they didn't think about, uh, you know, washing their hands. Uh, they didn't think about, well, one, there wasn't a lot of water, uh, but one, uh, two, you know, some of the hygiene methods, uh, not there. Uh, so, uh, you know, and, and it happened, uh, you know, I'm here in Paris uh, doing this podcast, uh, studying some of the, you know, some of the palaces and so on, disgusting hygiene, right? With disgusting hygiene, uh, what do you get? A lot of, uh, a lot of illnesses, right? Uh, back in the days, a lot of people died because of illnesses brought about by hygiene, they just weren't aware of bacteria. They never heard of bacteria. Same thing with the Islamic culture. They never heard of bacteria. So when Muhammad came through, okay, part of the process, okay, and he just attached it to praying, because you're supposed to pray five times a day. You know, if you washed your hand, uh, cleansed your body five times a day, well, you were hygienically clean. You were healthier. Uh, that's the bottom line. You'd smell less, right? Especially... Uh, in those hot cities out there. So that was the purpose. Right? Nothing else, just purity. Uh, again, Islam is highly, is uh, high on cleanliness and purity. Uh, the prayer five times a day, uh, the true meaning of that, uh, there's nothing wrong. Uh, you should always be uh, concentrating on a higher order, higher power, whether you're, uh, you know, you're concentrating on, on a spirit or that desire, that natural innate uh, presence that you want to attach to. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, the EI, right? Uh, once people say get locked in, uh, and by locked in, I mean that they remove all the garbage, um, that that that's distorting them that's keeping them ill that's keeping them um well uh poor that's keeping them without a proper relationship right uh, they connect to pure source they ask me a lot of questions and this uh, kind of falls in line with islam just like uh, again i'm not pushing islam by the way uh, all the other religions uh talked about uh the buddhist religion uh brought it into the uh, EI perspective as well. So in Islam, uh, what do you do uh, as far as the EI goes, right? Uh, you know, Moss, you, you come to me, okay? And this is the order. People come to me uh, and they go, Moss, I need to, uh, you know, I need better finance. I need this, I need that. You know, start working on them. 
yeah, your their finances improve and so on like that. But you know, as you as you as people awaken, and I can tell exactly where you are on the path of awakening. Uh, as you awaken, you start asking less and less questions about, you know, I need money, I need this, I need that. What about this? You know, what about uh, my spouse? What about uh, all that? You start going, Moss, you know, just work on me. Uh, so, uh, just work on me, I just want to connect to pure source. Because right? if you connect to pure source, it's like praying uh, in the Islam culture. If you're connecting to Allah, okay, pretty much very similar, different words, um, uh, obviously pure source, a pure perspective. It's not distorted by uh, the culture or the religion uh, of uh, today's Islam. Uh, what, are you, what are you asking? Uh, you know that if you connect to pure source, uh, all the other things that you want are just an aside. They just naturally come to you. So, so again, same thing with uh, praying five times a day. Unfortunately, uh, again, this is uh, this is where it becomes unfortunate for many individuals. Since you get pushed into praying five times a day, okay, you have no reason or no reasoning behind praying five times a day for many of those people, right? You get born into the Muslim religion. Uh, you get, uh, you know, you push your kids. You have to do this, this to be a good Muslim. You don't know the reasoning why. Right? Uh, and you have that blind faith or that stupid faith that takes you nowhere. Okay? Uh, but in reality, again, not just Islam, other religions, if we start to know the underlying reason of why it's done, uh, it's actually beneficial for you. So what you're doing is really taking time to meditate and asking yourself, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? Now that's a tr in its truer sense, but like I said, in today's society, people just go through the notion of you know praying, uh, and it's like, okay, I prayed five times a day, uh, something's gonna happen to me. Same thing as people going to church on uh, every Sunday thinking that they're a good Christian. Uh, it's not the process, it's like, okay, I did my time, you know, what's my benefit? It's not about that, it's not about you, uh, it's not about God, wanting you to, say, submit your will. Okay? Uh, it's not about, say, energizing God. God doesn't care. Uh, God doesn't need us. God doesn't need Islam or uh, any other religion. It just is. Okay? Uh, the benefit it is for you to awaken to the sense that you can get closer to your own identity of who you are between you, pure source, in this case, Allah, uh, and your higher self. That's what it's about. Again, it's not about pleasing God uh, in any religion. It's about you. Uh, we'll do a uh, we'll do a meta healing. Let's go ahead and take a nice uh, again strong deep breath in, uh, noticing your space, noticing the space around you, uh, and in this meta healing. And a meta healing is where I guide you into a deep state of meditation beyond hypnosis, beyond NLP, beyond uh, any of the physical things that we do to relax and connect. And then I work on you at, uh, on your source code, helping bring knowledge of EI, exponential intelligence. And that's where we get, the, say, the miraculous type transformations in one's life. Uh, again, noticing your breath, noticing your space, noticing you, uh, whether you're sitting or standing, lying down. For a lot of new people, we get 
tons and tons of new people listening to the podcast, so welcome. Uh, so whether you're new to this or somebody who's been here before, again, noticing the position of your body, for example, the position of your hands, where they are, the position of your fingers, noticing the webbing between your fingers, uh, all this for no other reason but to bring you into the present moment. As we come into the present moment, the awarenesses of time or the distortions of time we disconnect from. And we can understand the teachings of these great individuals, no matter what religion was brought about by them in a higher order. Wonderful breath in again, connecting to the group. Uh, I think we've got about 1.2 million people that listen. It's a lot of power that listen to this podcast. Again, that's a lot of momentum that can be created. Since we're all wanting a higher truth, since we're all looking the same direction, creating a lot of momentum, pulling you out of the ruts, the distortions of any religion, including Islam, Helping you break through those blocks of any religion, including Islam. Uh, fantastic breath. And again, asking ourselves, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? As a note, uh, not a religious. It's not a religious question. It has no uh, faith uh, in uh, no fa uh, any faith that you might be in. It doesn't matter. Again, it's non-religious, non-spiritual. However, how do I connect to pure source even stronger as you analyze each word? Will allow you to understand your religion to a higher order where it actually makes sense to you and then where you can benefit from it rather than get oppressed by it. As we come into our heart area, the chest, right, the ribs, the sternum bone, the lungs, noticing your shoulders relaxing, getting a little heavier. So I generate those frequencies that help you transform, help you shift. All you have to do is pay attention to the upper section of your body from the throat down, from the solar plex, right between your ribs on up. Not just the front, right through into the back. Noticing your arms, upper muscles of the arms. So that horizontal section. So you pay attention to that. Bringing a higher order of the true meaning of Islam for you, or Muhammad's intention, whether you're Muslim or not.
noting your breath. Go ahead and take that group breath in, inhaling through the nose. Holding it. Releasing, letting go. <clears throat> Noticing your spine from the top of your spine. Right below your skull right through the neck, the top of the back, your mid-back, your lower back, right down into the tailbone. I continue to work on you, again bringing in the truer definitions void of all the misconceptions. Let's go ahead and take another strong deep breath in and then count from 32 down to zero as we get count backwards. We go deeper, ascend higher, higher. So we can feel that presence of Muhammad, his teachings. Again, whether you're Muslim or not, doesn't matter. A lot of great teachings you can learn from. If you don't like the teachings, you can do away with them. Bringing in that frequency. Noting the breath, 32, 31, 30, 29, 28, going deeper yet, 27, 26, 25, as we slow down time, 24, 23, <clears throat> 22, 21, 20, 19, 18, 
17. Sixteen, removing us from the distortions of time as we go deeper yet. Fifteen, fourteen, thirteen, twelve, eleven. Ten, nine, deeper yet, seven, six, Go ahead and bring frequencies of Muhammad, his teachings, around you.
as you take another brief breath in. Um, just for comparison, uh, just go ahead and do this and just note whatever you felt. I'll tell you what I saw. You can compare notes. I don't want to seed you ahead of time, but afterward. Can, so we can compare one uh, logical, say, intelligence, uh, not superstition, right? More of a scientific. fairness, equality among anything that God has created, not just men, women, so which includes women. Uh, more of a business sense, again, bringing, say, those concepts of religion uh, into your business or everyday practice, not setting separate. So that's his patterns and frequencies. So move Muhammad's side. Let's go. Yeah. So let's open our eyes just for a flash. Close them. Kind of reset. Similar to a wine tasting. You reset your palate. Reset our frequencies. Count down from five to zero. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. And let me help you bring in the frequencies of true Islam. So the pure intent of Islam or true a Muslim if he practiced Islam the way Muhammad intended it, how you would feel, how you would be. Again, many Muslims, by the way, don't fit this paradigm. It's like many Christians or Jews don't fit that paradigm. If it's insulting to you, uh, it is what it is. I'll just tell you what I see. So again, bringing in the frequencies of a true Muslim practicing the true religion of Islam. How you would feel. Which dictates how you would act. Which dictates how your life Or how you run your life. There we go.
strong deep breath in, again inhaling through the nose, holding and then releasing. Again, overall, again, good, righteous person, just like if you practiced uh, Jewish tradition, Christian traditions, and opening your eyes for a flash, resetting your palate, moving that aside for you, and if you're not feeling it right away, again, most of you will, even if you're new, if you're not feeling it right away, keep listening to this, and then just not care or don't expect anything, all right? Uh, and again, if you're not feeling anything, you run patterns of being fearful, uh, controlled, or controlling. And that's just not for this meta-healing, others as well. So for those individuals, And keep listening to uh, break free from the distortions that, that bind you. Just go ahead and take a nice deep breath in again. I'll count down from 10 to 0. 10, 9, 8. So we go deeper yet. 7, 6, 5, 4. Three, two, one, zero. And what we'll do is we'll bring in the definitions of what most people think about Islam. Right, or what you hear on the news, or anywhere else, especially if you're of the Western culture or in the U.S. So we'll bring in those frequencies for you. So you can compare true Islam between the distorted Islam. And as a note, same with true Christianity and then what runs the world today. Same thing with the Jews, Buddhist, spiritual movements. In this case, modern day definition of Islam and nothing to do with uh, faith as you can sense.
strong deep breath in, opening your eyes for a flash, again resetting. Hopefully that was beneficial for you. Uh, and then you can choose because um, it's still available to you as long as you stay in this um, Uh, stay quietly meditating uh, the frequencies of true Islam frequencies of Muhammad if you want to experience that more you can just bring that in and as long as you stay in this space you're connected to the mastermind which will continue that uh, uh, that resonance or for those people who are interested let's go ahead and take a nice deep breath in I'll just push whatever frequency that you want. And again, you don't want the distorted patterns of Islam. So between Muhammad and uh, the true definition of uh, Muslims or Islam. You can stay in the space for as long as you wish, as long as you stay quietly meditating, you're still connected to the mastermind, as I explained earlier. Notice what you notice, and then notice the details of what you notice. Uh, as a note, um, in the near future, we'll be doing a special on bringing in frequencies of you know, top spiritual leaders, uh, their definitions, uh, the, the true definitions of the religion they brought in, and then today world, just like we did here, uh, we'll bring in, say, the major three, and then spirituality movements uh, as well, so you can compare them side by side. Again, uh, we're going to do a special on that. So look for that uh, on the newsletter or on our social media, Facebook. Uh, join us on Instagram, Moss underscore Sajati, uh, or Facebook. Uh, all right, guys, for details. Thanks for being here. Notice what you notice. Till next time, take care.